Hello everyone, you are listening to my Black is Transnational, and welcome into another episode. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and I'd like to thank you for joining me and listening in. Today's episode, I'll be having Mrs. Onyi Aziz, who is a practitioner, a physician assistant, and a lifestyle blogger who will be joining us to talk about ADHD and autism. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to my Black is Transnational, find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast, you can find this podcast there. Also, be sure to check out our website. If you don't have any place to listen to the show, you can definitely listen to it on our website at www.blacktransnational.com. There you can get all the information that you need to know about this show, for the guest, past episodes, past seasons, and what we plan to do in the future, and how to get in contact with us. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're on the website, leave us a note, send us a comment, whatever works for you. But we'd like to know that you're listening and you appreciate, and we appreciate any information you can share for us to make this content better for you. You can also follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast and Facebook. And then you can also follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. All right. So today's International Women's Day, and I felt like What better way to bring this day into the fold by talking to a mother, a transnational woman who is focused on a topic that we don't value as much or don't talk about as much in our respective communities, which is not just mental health, but mental health ailments and and, and disorders, so to speak. And in this case, I have Ms. Onyazi who will be talking about her experience growing up as a Nigerian, second generation Nigerian, um, with diagnosed with ADHD. But not only her journey into being a physician's assistant that focuses on, that practices psychiatry, but then also talking about how she developed Sincerely Oni, which is her platform as she grew into becoming a social media lifestyle blogger, but also a mom who advocates for mental health wellness, but also talks about how to fight the stigma that is thrown upon mothers that deal with autism and kids that deal with autism. So we talk about her having ADHD and managing it, but also how she goes about continuing to normalize and advocate for neurodiversity and how she dealt with having a son that was diagnosed with autism and what we can do as parents or future parents and members of our community to continue to promote neurodiversity and inclusiveness for parents, for children, for all of us who may be dealing with the various ailments that our cultures don't allow us to talk about or still have not advanced in education-wise to learn how to deal with. So it was a very interesting, powerful conversation that I had with her, and I, and I thank her for her time and, and her insight, um, but I also think that there's a lot more that we can do to build on this. So hope you all enjoy the conversation, and without any further ado, here's my talk with Mrs. Onyazi of Sincerely Onyi. Enjoy the show. Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. And on the show today, I have on a special guest, um, you know, big time influencer on on all various forms of social media. Um, and she is um, she has background in psychiatry. And I mean, she's a mom and she's a she has an amazing lifestyle blog that inspired me that I was like, look, I just have to I have to try to find a way to find some, some of your time so that you can be able to talk to us about some very important matters that I would like to bring to our audience that a lot of people don't know. So I have on here um, on Yazi. Uh, who is um, all the way in Houston early in the morning out here ready to talk to us. So so I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I do want to say thank you so much for joining us. And how are you doing? Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm doing good. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, you know, what I typically do when we when we get on, I, I, I like to give my guests their accolades, but I also want to make sure that they have an opportunity to be able to introduce themselves to the audience so that you can, you know, let us know where you, where you, you know, who you are, where you're from, what you represent yeah. and, and all those good yeah. things. Okay, well, I'm Oni Ozzy of Sincerely Oni, a motherhood lifestyle and family travel blog, but really content creator in various platforms like TikTok, Instagram, things like that. I also do practice medicine as a psychiatric physician assistant. I've been doing that for the past, wow, eight years at this point, going on nine. And so, um, yeah, I'm a proud mom of two boys, and I can't wait for us to get into this. Yeah. No, this is awesome. So I, I'm, I'm glad. And, and so now culturally, how do you represent? How do you identify? Yes. Oh, I am Nigerian American. Okay. Uh, growing up, I would just say I'm Nigerian. Um, I've embraced a little bit more both sides, I would say, but my pride is truly in being Nigerian, okay. um, of, of Nigerian descent. My parents came here and I was born here, but I'm holding on to as much of my culture as possible so that I can pass it down to my generations after. See, and and so that's why, and that's why I figured you'd be a, a, a perfect guest here because that's exactly what we talk about on this show, that that resistance to acculturate and fully give in to the Western world and hold on to that, to our identity that our parents, our parents brought. Um, yeah. And and still re- retaining it and still trying to be connected for the sake of you know future generations. Now, one of the things that I want to know is that when you you said you growing up Nigerian and um you know here in America as a child of immigrants. Now, one of the things I've seen in your blog that you're a huge proponent of is you know like mental health and dealing with various forms, uh, you know, ADHD, autism. So I want to know for you, 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 uh, how was that? What inspired you to recreate this, um, this lifestyle blog? What, what was that journey like for you? Um, when it comes to the mental health journey, mm-hmm. I think it was because it was something that was not really addressed or talked about, but I, really truly struggled with and Mm -hmm. used my blog as an outlet for Mm -hmm. when i first started blogging in 2011 i was feeling alone and moving across country for grad school and just couldn't find anyone that was like me and so Mm -hmm. i just wanted to journal online so that if someone else like me you know came across that they would have that and i you know, went in and out of blogging, but kept coming back when I was in need of that mental health support. When I was going through postpartum anxiety, I went back to my blog and created, you know, made it into a mommy blog. And so um, for me, I will say just in general, I don't know if it's even culturally, I was reluctant to even address my mental health in, in a more professional manner. Like I even 
when I went to PA school, I had no interest in psychiatry. I pushed even against, because I didn't think that it was, I thought it was useless medicine at the end of the day. Like, okay, you know, what is this for? So I truly didn't even um, get my own take mental health seriously until um, after I started practicing mm. and started addressing my own mental health as a, uh, you know, a, a mom who was now addressing her, her anxiety and depression. So yeah, that journey was something that I started going on by myself essentially and realizing that, Hey, you know, I know that this is how we were looking at it growing up in our community, right. but it's not helping anyone, right. <laughs> not ignoring the elephant in the room. And yeah. so I became passionate about bringing it to the forefront, making it a, you know, normalizing the conversation so that those behind me, especially my own children, would not feel alone, would not feel like they needed to avoid the topic, mm-hmm. would feel comfortable about, hey, yeah, I'm going to see my therapist, making it like it's, you know, just another day, just another task to do so that they wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Yeah. So when did you find out, like you said, it seems like it kind of happened around when you were in, 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 in school, but when you were younger, you know, whether you were an adolescent or even younger than that, mm-hmm. did you, was it something that was already identified by your, by your family, by your parents or I yourself mean, or no? So I have ADHD and I was not diagnosed until after 30. Oh my. Um, and wow. Yeah. Until after I was already practicing medicine, until I was already treating other people for ADHD and Mm. realizing that my anxiety and my depression were not getting better with um, treatments for just anxiety and depression. It wasn't until I identified and was evaluated and diagnosed with ADHD that it felt like there was the complete, you know, weight lifted. There was finally a reason for everything that I went through, the struggles that Mm -hmm. I went through, especially growing up where I struggled to, whether it be focus, Mm -hmm. to stay on task, to do the things that I was meant to do as the Ada or the oldest daughter in the family. I just felt like at times I couldn't measure up and didn't understand why I couldn't just get it right. And to finally have this reason in my hand that, hey, this is why you're not lazy or procrastinating or useless you are going through this journey unaware of how your brain truly works and as I became aware I you know that added to my passion of hey let's be open and talk about it because so many of us have been going through this you know undiagnosed struggle and blaming ourselves or you know being looked down upon and judged and you know it's funny because I have a younger sister who was diagnosed with ADHD way before me and so I had no idea and I just thought okay that's her that's her personality okay that's makes sense for her so I had no idea you know look at the way that I'm looking at her like okay she has ADHD that explains her Mm. but really if we normalize the conversation and take away that stigma it's like we are able to truly love and embrace the people for who they are entirely and so I, i i appreciate my journey because You know, now as a mom to a son who's on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. it's helped me love and embrace and appreciate him and all that he is so that he doesn't have to grow up with any type of, you know, resistance of us, like denying anything and just being ready to to go to war for him and work hard for him because we are accepting and loving of all that he is. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I'm going to talk about the future, especially as for your for your sons. But I kind of still want to peel back to the past because you just brought up this, 
you brought up the idea that, you know, your sister has it and then you found out that you were diagnosed later on. And so mm-hmm. then did you ever consider, let's look back at the parents and, <laughs> and see like what's I happening mean... there? Because you just mentioned like you're, you're the adult and me, especially for, for Igbo culture, a fellow Igbo person, I understand that pressure of being the oldest, right? And, yeah. and what that what that means and as far as responsibility and you being a role yeah. model, right? So growing yeah. up in a Nigerian household, when you're not doing anything right, you know how our people are. Let's, I yeah. mean, and, and, I'll, and I'll be a little bit more explicit because this is what the, 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 the show is for, but you know when you're not doing something correctly and you're the oldest, is like the insults come and the whole, yes, you know, you're very yes, useless. Yes. Why are you not doing what yeah, you're Why are you not focused? Why, you know what I mean? Like, so you, know, get, you get yeah. these, you know, you get the, you get um, hit with all these types of different types of things, and and you you're trying your best, but you just, you know, it's just not happening. So now that you figured all these things out, you see your sister is diagnosed, you've been diagnosed. So have you ever looked and told your parents, or how did how have they responded to it when they when they found this information out? So I will say at first. Um, they weren't really as accepting for Mm. me because they were like, are you sure? Mm. You know, (laughs) and it's okay because I, I didn't want them to blame themselves. I mean, it was signs that I myself ignored or didn't, you know, become aware of. I was able to thrive in spite of, Mm -hmm. and so we're grateful for that. And it's not something to blame yourself, but if it comes to like diagnosing my own parents and identifying, oh, you have this, I will say I'm a little on the fence about it because okay. um, everyone has their own journey. Yeah. And unless I feel like that is going to benefit them in any way and add to their life, mm-hmm. you know, at this stage that they're at, I don't think that it's something necessarily that we have to like go into Understood. because it's not going to necessarily, necessarily change the story for us or for them. Yeah. But for the future generations, you know, moving forward in that direction, I think is what we need to do. But I, I definitely think that it was a little bit of a, you know, I've always been the type that, <laughs> which I'm grateful for at the end of the day, that was another struggle that I told myself not to care what other people think, even my parents. So I'm like, okay. this is what I'm doing. You know, my parents might be like, hey, you don't have to tell everybody about this online. I'm like, but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm sharing about, you know, my ADHD and all of that. And they're kind of like hesitant, like, oh, you know, you know, but um, for me and myself, I always look at it as oftentimes I didn't feel that validation mm-hmm. of what I was going through until I saw someone share that looked like me. And so that's, to me means much more than keeping it private into myself because at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt me. You know, yeah. what people think is not my business. Yeah. If I'm able to be, you know, supportive for them, I'm appreciative. But, uh, but yeah, so they are definitely more accepting now and, and yeah. Okay. All right. So when's the last time you've been to Nigeria? Oh, that was, I think it was 2018 okay. for a wedding. I pray we go this year. But yeah, I think it was 2018. Have you taken your, like, your kids and your family already? Or no? no, see, that's the thing. Because <laughs> before I went, uh, the last time I went, it was like almost 20 years okay. since I had gone. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, no. I need to go and enjoy for myself. I need to go and relive, relearn, reconnect. Yeah. And then when they're at the point, because they're so young, when they're at the point that they can comprehend and maybe appreciate it and not just be like whining and be like ah, i'm gonna go home right. you know? <laughs> like when they're finally at that point which i think might be maybe seven eight then sure they could come too but until then i'm trying to go enjoy it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah so no that's good because i always think about it with my kids i'm like yeah i'm not ready to 
not ready to take them yet because when it's like, where's the light? Yeah. <laughs> where's, there's no water? Water. <laughs> where's, the, where's there no water? Like, what's going on? So it's like, why we always drink a bottle of water? It's like, okay, exactly. okay. So, so, like, you're not ready for that. Yeah. It's so, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, so now, you know, did you did you spend most of your time growing up in in the in the um in Texas or was it you know? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yeah, I was born in Kansas, but raised in Texas for the most part. Houston. No, Dallas. Oh, actually. Dallas. Houston, okay, because like, I'm about to say Houston's where yeah, the Nigerians are at. They're deep. I know, and I didn't know. That's <laughs> funny. Like, I, it's funny because I learned about that when I went to college because I came to Houston for college. But I grew okay. up in the Dallas area, and it, it's not at that point. It was not that much of like a Nigerian community. So, like, I felt like I grew up and barely knew about my culture until I came to Houston. Like, I had oh. like maybe just those at my church because you know we're right. Catholic, went to Catholic church. Yeah. And, you know, the Nigerians are gonna be a little bit there, yeah. and so I really got that sense of like little Lagos when I came to Houston. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is like these people are truly relating with everything I went through. It wasn't just me. Okay, so yeah. It, so so that's dope because I haven't been, and I I hope to be in Houston one of these days just to experience that because i i try to run up in chicago we have our little sector section yeah. and, and here in yeah. upstate new york and syracuse it doesn't exist but i want that for my oh. kids right and yeah. you know you know you know nigerian parties jollof rice all those things like they're they're yeah, awesome yeah. so yeah. but one of the things that i i think about too growing up is just the interaction with the african-american community and sometimes how of course our people sometimes like to isolate themselves and try to disassociate themselves with it so but you said that you didn't find out more about your culture until later on in college which i think a lot of us in college tend to become more prideful about it and Mm -hmm. be more you know we we, we pronounce it more but for you what was that interaction or relationship with the african-american community you know um and and your experience growing up did you blend well with it because you said you were embracing it you know a little bit more um but now you're embracing nigerian side more so what was that like yeah I'll say that I was, it was more, um, for me to be honest, confusing Mm. because I was someone who couldn't find where I fit Uh when I was in school. Um, And that was one of my struggles, I think. Uh, I couldn't find where I fit because I wanted to be like the black girls, but I didn't have, I didn't grow up like them. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk like them. I didn't, because I was so sheltered, I didn't know a lot of what was going on like them. And so I felt like I was always trying hard, but I couldn't fit. Mm. Being in the position where your parents kept pushing you to the point that, yes, by you know God's grace it helped me succeed, but I ended up being in these like what we called I or we had IB or international yeah. baccalaureate yeah. classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was one of the very few you know girls of color or black girls, yeah. um, or especially Nigerian girls. I didn't yeah. even meet another Nigerian girl like that I can remember until maybe high school and so it was just me and her and these IV uh, stuff and so it was a difficult situation so I would do sports so I could be around more black girls because I wanted to be in but I could it's like I was pushing and forcing and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out and it wasn't until college when I embraced who I was and Mm -hmm. said you know no matter what I'm just going to be me I'm not going to care what other people think Mm -hmm. because it, it was hard finding where I could fit because I didn't know black culture at that time because i was growing up in in you know this just kind of like isolated situation um as i grew and learned on my own it was like okay i was able to be me and get accepted for me in the in the places where i was comfortable with and so 
so I found my niche. I found my people who involved, you know, encompassed so many different women of color, especially when I um, pledged Delta Sigma Theta. And so it was just like an awkward journey of trying to figure out where do I fit? And it's like, hey, you don't fit anywhere. Just, right. just, be, just you. be you, just yeah. figure out you and you will get to where you're meant to be at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. So you a Delta too. Shout out to the yeah. Deltas. All right. 1913. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm an IOTA. So, you know, that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But we're, we're young and we're just out here. So. Um, awesome. So like, all right, let's, let's, let's focus now on the, on, on autism and your kids. And, and, and you said you have a son that's on the spectrum. So mm-hmm. what was that like for you and your family when that, when that was diagnosed and when you found yeah. out how, and how early was it for, for him? Wow. Um, it was, so it was around the age of two for him. And this is like early pandemic, uh, <laughs> and okay so for my son couldn't even tell mm. no one could really tell at all anything was different or wrong or he wasn't doing any kind of stereotypical things until I realized when I asked him one day hey can you go get some diapers and wipes and realizing that he didn't understand what I was saying he just mm-hmm. went to go do what he thought I told him to do I was like okay he's not understanding and so I was thinking okay maybe it's maybe he has he- issue with hearing took him to the pediatrician and, you know, he had some speech. And so it was just like, it was a wild journey because I wasn't necessarily trying to be in denial, but I was like, no, he's meeting all these milestones. Da, da, da. Right. Um, and so when he was finally diagnosed and it, immediately I was like, I think that was like the only, like sometime within that 24 hours was the only time I, I kind of like was sad and cried about it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I immediately, as a mom, put on this like shield of armor, like, okay, we're about to go to war. Like, I gotta like, I gotta make sure that my son has everything he needs. I gotta make sure that he's like taken care of, that whatever, like who he's meant to be is exactly what he's gonna get. Like, he's Mm -hmm. gonna get everything to make him the most amazing boy he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, like from there, I'm so grateful. My husband was like also very accepting and supportive. Um, so we've just been like a tag team, mm. essentially, just trying to support him. Of course, we had the, uh, I mean, I feel like it was luckily we were in that time where we were actually away. We were living in San Antonio and we were kind of in our own little bubble. And so we had that time to kind of like process and, and work things out together because then it comes to a point where we got to tell family. And, right, you right. know, they're like initially no what are you talking about like hey you don't have to like be labeling kids just relax you know <laughs> and we're like no we were pretty sure this is we're pretty sure that's what's going on and just want you to know so that you can help us support him because then we moved back to houston gratefully because you know now i'm able to have that family connection and you know have more of the community that i wanted for my kids and right. especially the nigerian community but um but yeah, it was it was a stepping stone, but we really initially came to like acceptance because I was already going through my own mental health journey that I was like, hey, what would I want if I was him? Mm. I would want to feel loved and accepted. And so for me, my goal, especially as a creator, is to as powerful as I can be, create a world that will accept and love my son. So that's why I kind of like try to teach and show that love and acceptance so that you know, when a kid who has 
their parents have like been around or seen, they can kind of be more kind to my son because Mm -hmm. the parents have taught them or they've seen it or they, you know, Mm -hmm. because I know growing up, I had no idea, didn't understand people would hide their kids who had autism or just be like, oh, you know, it's not, you know, they would never use the word or say what it was or just, you know, kind of just in denial about it. And I did not know what it was growing up. I wasn't aware at all. And so I really had to learn a lot about that as an adult. And I was like, I don't want that for my child because I don't want him to be mistreated. Mm -hmm. And so I want it to be something that he can accept about himself as early as possible so that he can teach others or I can teach others or, you know, whoever is around him can know and love him for who he truly is. Absolutely. And there's so many um, children but they don't show a lot of them, especially people, you know, children from our communities, children from black communities overall that thrive, you know, that, that do go on and thrive. But I think even for me, when I was, you know, in, in um, an undergrad uh, back in the day, that, you know, idea of someone having autism was like, yo, like, they're going to be all right. Like, you know, like they're going to be cool. Like, you sure they, this is not too, this not too, this not too hard for them. How they make it to college? Like it used to be so much crazy, you know, questions that we used to ask just because of our ignorance. Um, And the more I've grown, the more I've become more exposed to it myself and just learning and talking and having conversations with different people, they, you start to see it, but it's just been unique with you because I've never had that opportunity to see and talk with someone who is from, you know, Africa, Nigeria, like who have those descents and the cultural influence is strong. And yeah. to see that whole thing and to see the way you've been, you know, flourishing and sending your messages out has been inspiring. Um, but I now I want to ask, to what extent has been, and whether it's from you or your family, whatever, to what extent has religion played a role? Religion. And I, I mean, say that because, and I, just to reframe, I say that because I know that historically when something's going on or when something seems to be abnormal, we tend to yeah. appeal to higher yeah. power. Yeah. Um, when, it, when it comes to autism, overall. Yeah, o- o- autism oh, and overall. Yeah. I mean, of course, everyone said that, like, grandparents said they would pray for him first and, you know, like, let's pray and let's, like, sending little prayer cards and all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, God made him who he is, mm. you know? Like I, like I said, I only allowed my one moment that one time to cry for the child that I thought I was going to raise Mm -hmm. but it's like I have to love who he is and so you know praying is not going to change him yeah yeah. you know this is not I had to look at it as like this is not a curse this is not something that you know an illness this is who he is this Mm -hmm. is his his neurotype this is how he experiences the world and so I'm going to pray that he has clarity I'm going to pray for all the things that you know, that bring him peace and that he finds things to help him regulate himself, that he's able to like, you know, all those things that I want him to have, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to, I've never prayed to change him. I've never prayed to take away his autism because that's who he is. And so it's, it would be a, you know, an amazing blessing that he grows to be able to fully function and maneuver into the world to seem neurotypical, but he doesn't have to. And that's unless he has that desire. I just want to give him you know, the words to express himself. I want to give him the space to speak for himself. That's why I don't necessarily like show him and like specifically go on right. about him because I want him to be able to share his story when he's ready. Absolutely. So, That's yeah. awesome. And then you're, his, is, is he, is he your oldest? No. He's your, no. Okay. So then his sibling, how is, you know, how has that been, 
being able to manage both? Is it, I mean, you try your best to just make it very normal? Or? Really, we just try our best. Um, it's, it's funny because like, I knew I didn't, I feel like right now I have the perfect combination because mm. his brother is, is so loving and caring for him. Mm. And like, I, I, we already told him like, you know, brother has autism. That's why he doesn't speak too much. That's why okay. this doesn't happen. And he's just like compassionate about it. And so I love, we've just, you know, he's the, the prototype we're teaching him to love and accept mm. his brother for who he is so that he can, if needed, defend it, but he can know, Oh, I've got to show him. I might have to show him this a few times. I might have to help and assist him. I'm going to, you know, I want to do this for him out of the love of my heart, but not out of burden. You right, know what I'm saying? Because right. for both of them, I, my goal from the beginning is still is to make them as independent as possible. Yeah. And that's what we're still doing. But to make sure that they're compassionate and loving and, and kind is really just the job as, of a parent, whether or not they're neurotypical or neurodiverse. So um, it's it's been amazing for them. Right now, I can only handle two, you know. So and I'm, I'm like, cause of course, my parents want us to keep going. I like yeah, I'm every right parent now. wants you to keep yeah, going. Good. We're good. We're very good. So yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So then how the the blog and, and all the other good things that you got coming with it, you know, being an ambassador for various brands and, 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 and products and traveling, right? Like what has that been like for you now that you're, you know, you're an influencer, you're a content creator. Oh What's that life like? I mean, you got the, you doing oh the practice medicine. And I need to talk, talk bougie to me. Let me hear this. Oh my gosh. I mean, all I can say is we thank God <laughs> to allow me to do an amazing job that I love to allow me to be myself for mm -hmm. work. Um, it is the, I love being a PA. That's like my number one best job, okay. but truly being a content creator is like beyond my wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I thank God that we've been able to afford a lifestyle we didn't initially imagine because of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I just, I love, I love every aspect of it because I'm getting to just achieve dreams and goals that I never like put a boundary of, oh, I'm going to do this later in life. I always wanted to do it, but it's like working this job. I never have to say, no, I can't do that yet. I'm yeah. just like, okay, what's next? We're going to do it. This is the goal. We're going to achieve it. And so, but that's how I've always been. I've been like, oh, I want to be, uh, I want to be a Delta. I'm going to be a Delta. I want to be PA. I'm going to be PA. Yeah. So I always like just been been and done that so it kind of yeah. didn't surprise me i'm like oh i'm gonna blog but i did not know it was something that was a job or that made money i was just doing it out just of do like it. my own like for my own mental health right. and so i just thank god i'm able to keep doing it and just like live this lifestyle and like allow my husband to live his dream mm -hmm. you know because through the pandemic unfortunately he lost his job and mm -hmm. he's able to live his dream and and push forward as like a real estate investor mm -hmm. and just like do all these things and so i'm like i'm just grateful that this has allowed us to do that so is, it, is that is that a lot of is that a lot of i don't want to say pressure but do you find yourself having to keep up with the joneses like is you know with TikTok mm. and everything just because of your content i feel like that to me i'm like yo that's that's a job in itself right it's just oh yeah being i mean, able to keep up if you look at it from like a wide lens i yes i guess but i've like i said i've been the type of person that's not my business what anybody thinks mm -hmm. i'm gonna do what feels natural to me what feels authentic to me mm -hmm. so i'm gonna do it in the best way i can and i'm gonna do it from an artistic lens okay. that represents my niche because i'm not like 
I'm not like a pure like aesthetic fashion blogger. Look right. at me, like I'm really about the depth of it, the soul of it. I, I like I don't take myself too seriously. I rather people laugh right. and and joke and, and and enjoy when they see my content, but really like ask themselves the hard questions and really like get comfortable with self care and and taking care of their mental health. And hey, wait, what is autism in it? Am I seeing signs in someone I know? And mm -hmm. maybe do I have ADHD or do I have depression? Do I need to, you know, address those things? So I try to make it like lighthearted, but real at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So I because I can't do that whole aesthetic thing to me. It's like, is that all that your life is like life is so, <laughs> so much more so right? multifaceted, yeah. so much more to it. So I, I love like these real conversations that we're having right now. Like, hey, how was it growing up? You know, when you were Nigerian, but you were are you African American? Are you you know, oh, what? Yeah. so yeah, like I love these real type of conversations. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, like, did do you think the field of psychiatry is supportive to having ADHD because that's something that my wife and I talked about before, which mm. is you just like for her being a physician, she's like people who kind of lean towards that kind of are able to thrive because you just got a lot going on. You can just kind of bounce and bounce. So for you, yeah. I just want to know if you don't practice <laughs> medicine and psychiatry, is that something that you think? Literally, I mean, it might be the psychiatry, but I really feel like all of my jobs, having several of them, uh -huh. and even content creation that's constantly different is what helps me thrive because it helps me keep continual interest, uh -huh. continual urgency. Um, yeah, so I definitely think that psychiatry, I joke and say that anyone that works in psychiatry has some kind of mental illness. <laughs> that's you know, totally fine. Um, so I definitely think that psychiatry is can be somewhat supportive of someone that has ADHD, like practicing in it. Mm -hmm. I will say that getting diagnosed and treated for it, especially as an adult, is a complicated situation um, overall. Okay. But I'm hoping that our country will take mental health in a much more serious much capacity. More seriously, absolutely. And so, with, with just to kind of wrap up, then, because I, I don't, I know you got some other things to do, and I just want to thank you again for your time. And I, and I hope we can do this again because I really enjoy these conversations. Yeah. Um, I want to know when it's all like, you know, what do you want to get out of this when it's all said and done? I know you're putting the message and you're doing such a fantastic job and you're niche. Um, but like when it's all, what do you want to be your ultimate goal? Uh, I hate when people ask me what my goal is. <laughs> okay, I literally goals. Hate, uh, I, literally, I literally hate my goal. <laughs> like, oh, what are your goals for this year? What do you want to accomplish this year? Like, I hate it because I'm like, I literally, I don't know. I decided like you know whenever and then i go for it okay you know? let's reframe it then because i don't okay. want you to hit my question but i will say <laughs> oh, it's okay. no what 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 do you what would bring you the most satisfaction mm, based on the job most satisfaction yeah, that's is my children having pride and self-esteem in themselves mm. as nigerian men as neurodiverse men as 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 men of of god and that's what would make me the happiest is mm. them having that love and pride in themselves like mm. just being confident and be like hey this is who i am my mom instilled this confidence in me or i found this confidence i found who i am because like i said i didn't find who i was until college and i thank god for that you know the journey led me to there but i'm like what if i didn't you mm, know mm. so that's what i want for them i'm surprised you didn't say coleman like omega men so oh i mean they, <laughs> i didn't thought you were gonna bring the coleman love that's into their destiny that's what they want to do definitely so no i'm, jo I'm joking i want them to be strong and whoever they want to be i'm joking um but yeah so sis i just i just want to say um thank you so much 
for the time. This has been a great conversation. I, w- I would love to talk longer, but I, like I said, I want to be respectful of your time and what you got going on. But again, how can people follow you, get in touch with you, if you just want to share your information again so that we can be able to put, put you out there and, and continue to have yeah. more people learn from you? I would really appreciate if everyone followed me on my social channels. That's Instagram and TikTok. Sincerely, Oni, O-N-Y-I. And engaging with my content is the best way to like help me because that's that's how I I stay in the game. That's how I work is, is likes, comments, and shares. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, man, uh, Oni Z here with us again. Sincerely, Oni, please follow it. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope, you know, more to come. Whatever we can do to support you here in My Black is Transnational, please let us know. And and, and we'd love to be able to see you continue to send your message out because it's very important. Thank you.